News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. All right, so yes, I am aware of what happened between Stephen Crowder and Jeremy Boring of the Daily Wire. I mean, I, I mean, I, I just know what they say and what others are saying, what the hosts are saying. So, in case you are not aware, this whole kerfuffle blew up last late last week, and then over the weekend, I watched a lot of videos, a lot of read a lot of. Uh, Comments from people involved in Daily Wire and other hosts and other people in conservative media. Um, all right, so if you don't know who the players are, start off with Steven Crowder. Steven Crowder does a show louder with Crowder. He was on um, the on the Blaze on their um, platform, and. He would go around to college campuses and do the change my mind uh, events, right? Where he would set up a table, he'd have a microphone, he had a big banner, and it would say, uh, there are only two genders, change my mind, right? And kids would come up and, and he would engage in, you know, discussions with them, whatever. Um, so, and before that, I want to say, he who was he with before that? I forget. It's not important. So, He's a, but he would go around. He did a lot of um, uh, man on the street type interviews and the like, and he built this uh, program into a, a successful uh, program. And it was on YouTube. And then Glenn Beck's company, The Blaze, I think it got purchased by was it CRTV, and they they got together and they merged and they kept the Blaze branding. But um, and Stephen was brought in under that and had his own show, but. He's been demonetized by YouTube. So he started what they called the Mug Club. The Mug Club, where you where he attempted to generate revenue to pay for the program by, you know, selling, quote unquote, the mugs. Essentially, you know, a subscription service. And um, you know, for merchandise or whatever. And and you get the mailing list built up and you get then you could, you know, sell the mailing list to advertisers and and all of that. I, I, I'm not a member of the Mug Club. I never uh, thought about doing so, and I, I don't sell. Like, I have anybody who is in this space on the in media, but especially with the rise of the new platforms in the digital space, um, there is great benefit to diversifying your revenue streams. Um much like uh, you know, people get monet- they get money for the ads that play on YouTube, unless obviously they YouTube demonetizes you because your content is, you know, in violation of whatever terms of service they are choosing to enforce against you or interpreting against you. Um, it's good to have different revenue streams. Patreon is one of them. Um, Locals is another. Um, trying to think, there was I think there was another one. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of these different. Ways like sub people writing for Substack. That's another one where you ask people to support your work directly. Your content creator, if you enjoy the content, please support it directly. Right? That's a that's one model. Um, when I was doing my podcast before I came back to BT, I had different legs, different streams, basically. And if you think of it in terms of like radio, it's kind of an NPR model. Right, you have a subscriber type of a model where people make donations to your um, to your content creation, uh, and then they get something for it. You get the the canvas tote bag or whatever, you know. So you get that uh, 
that model. Then there's the advertising model, right, which is another revenue stream. And people are more familiar, like, with that model here, right? WBT and most of your um, traditional media have been funded by advertisers. And what is that model? It is very simply that you create content that people want to hear, hopefully, uh, or watch or read. And then when people go to your site to read it uh, or your station to listen to it, then uh, you can sell their eyeballs or eardrums. You can sell that to people who want, you know, the audience to learn about their business. That's very simple, right? So the Daily Wire has a couple of these revenue streams. They got their new Daily Wire Plus app, right? Uh, they have So they've got a subscription type of a service model built in there too. And then they also have advertising. And that's how they are building out this massive multidimensional media corporation and in there in Tennessee. They moved from uh, California to Tennessee. And um, they, so Stephen Crowder apparently announced that I d- did not follow any of this at the time, but he said he was leaving the blaze. Stephen Crowder said he was leaving the blaze. And when Daily Wire found out that he was going to be a free agent, they had some conversations with them. Now, apparently, all of the people that are in leadership at the Daily Wire know Stephen Crowder. Like, Jeremy Boring is the, uh, that's his name, B-O-E-R-I-N-G, but he's uh, B-O-R-E-I-N-G. He is the CEO, and he is friends with Stephen Crowder, so he says, and so there is this nasty side of what happened? I have a, I have my own read on it. I'm going I'm trying to play this like right down the middle here because it's just it's really unfortunate. But so what happens is what he Crowder says I'm gonna uh, leave daily. Uh, I'm leaving the blaze, and then he comes out with this video last week, and he's got what he says is this contract offer. And he's holding it up, and he's got you know some of it's blacked out, and he does not name the company that made him this immoral offer. It's what he called it, immoral. It's an immoral contract. And let me pick up here. This is from Breitbart.com. The conservative media company that right-wing commentator Stephen Crowder blasted over an employment offer earlier this week, claiming the proposal had, quote, immoral terms, and actually punish conservative content creators on behalf of big tech has now identified itself. Daily Wire came out and said, that's us. Now, Jeremy Boring responded to Stephen Crowder's like 20-minute video or 28-minute video, and Jeremy Boring then responded with a 55-minute video where he walked through every single item on the offer sheet. And that's one of the things people keep pointing out, that this wasn't a contract. This was an offer sheet, which is like, hey, here are some of the things we're throwing together. This is what we offer. By the way, this very is very similar approach occurs in talk radio, in, in media in general. This kind of thing occurs. When you're negotiating talent contracts, it usually starts off with a, you know, hey, Here's what we're willing to throw in. And then you would respond with, yes, please, I'll take it, anything. No, you respond <laughs> You respond with something like, 
okay, I, I, I don't like this term. How about this? I want, you know, this and I don't want that or whatever. And you go back and forth. That's what I did. Now, it, sometimes you have more leverage than not. And Steven Crowder has a lot of leverage because he's got a big audience. He's got like five or six million followers on his YouTube channel. So he's got, a, he's got leverage. He can make demands. And he did. But the offer sheet was just the Daily Wire's first, that was their first offer. They put together an offer sheet, and apparently Crowder did not want to go back and have any further negotiations with them. And it seemed like, like initially at first, that it was over the money. They offered him $50 million over four years. $50 million over four years. And that's, that's approaching. That's like, that's like what I get paid. That's (laughs) no, it's not. No, that's, I heard uh, somebody called it. That's like Sean Hannity money. That's the level that, that he was looking to get into. Cause he, this was not enough. This was not enough. He wanted, he wanted 120 million. He wanted 30 million dollars a year. Like I, I'm trying to remember what Russia's contracts were for, and I want to say 25. Yeah, that was going to say early 20s or uh, low 20s, 20 something a year, and that's Rush. So Crowder, who has been demonetized on YouTube, posted this video. And he just tears into this unnamed company, calls it a conservative media company. He doesn't name it. Um, He says, I looked over the offers and I saw the clause come out. And I don't just mean unreasonable demands for control, but what I would argue are immoral terms that actually punish conservative content creators on behalf of big tech. What is this about? This is about a penalty that Stephen, the content creator, would incur if... He gets deplatformed. He gets banned. He gets strikes, whatever. In other words, if the Daily Wire can't use the digital platforms that exist, social media, big tech platforms, to promote Steven Crowder's show, if they can't push that out and and use their reach, then Steven would take a pay cut. And so what Steven Crowder said is that this is them enforcing the rules for big tech. I have a little bit of a different idea about that. I don't see it like that. But what do I know? I'm just a little old radio host. I'm not pulling in the $50 million over four years. I mean, that's like my annual, my annual. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. One of the most unfortunate aspects of the uh, fight between Steven Crowder and the Daily Wire is that uh, leftists are delighting in it. I watched several videos over the weekend of these leftists who believe that they have nothing nearly as powerful as an amplification system on the left that they that the right enjoys. I mean, look, at they're offering him $50 million. Nobody, I'm just sitting here in my kitchen making videos, and nobody on the left gets anything like this. They really do believe that the right wing controls, like, all of the media. It's amazing. Um, so they're all, you know, just outraged at the exorbitant 
offer. I don't have any idea what that would. I mean, that's just that that that's beyond my scope of comprehension. That somebody would offer me fifty million dollars. Now, uh, he uh, Stephen Crowder said that they are Daily Wire is uh, offering him immoral terms that punish conservative content creators on behalf of big tech. And then he says, up and coming conservative content creators don't sign these contracts. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, first off, the up-and-coming people would not sign those contracts because they would never be offered those contracts. You are being offered these terms because you already have this massive following. But he said, oh, you guys are, you're going to be the enforcers for big tech. So when they come along and you know boycott my show, they know that, that that's going to cost me money. All right, so here's the deal. On Whenever you're creating content, you got brand and you got uh, platform, okay? So, for example, I'll use myself here. Pete Callender, me, my name, I'm the brand. The platform is WBT. Don't ever confuse the two, right? You never confuse the brand for the platform. A lot of people think like, oh, I'm the brand. I'm bigger than the platform. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? Now, some, some do. Some get much bigger. Than the than the platform, and that so so that's what um, that's what Crowder's got. He's got the brand. He's looking for platforms, and I would point out here he still does his show on YouTube, even though he's been demonetized. So he still does his show on YouTube, and what Daily Wire is saying is that if you get demonetized or you get you know suspended or blocked, whatever that. You now lose reach. That's the platform, right? You're losing reach, which means what? You lose audience, which means what? The company loses money, which means what? You're going to lose your freaking job, dude. That's how that works, okay? It's a pretty direct line. Now, I don't know. Seriously, like, I don't know how you get this idea that these things aren't connected. For example... If I were to get on the air and use all of the words the FCC does not allow me to say, I will no longer have a job because I have jeopardized what? The license, which means what? The the station cannot sell advertising. Everyone's jobs are at risk. And so I am, I'm a liability. I am leading to less money being brought in, right? If you create these types of uh, challenges for the business that they now have to get over they have to now you know meet the challenge they have to get more money they have to sell more advertising they got to go to other platforms whatever why why shouldn't see like i find it amazing that you've got in a contract where you get all of these strikes and it just they would just knock you it's like a hundred thousand dollars the guy's making 12 and a half million a year and they would take back a hundred grand if they can't remedy this if they can't fill the gap with new ads or whatever they have some they have some, you know, uh, these costs, these fees that are built in. The more platforms you get booted from, the more money you're going to get uh, withheld from, right? You, the more money you're going to lose as the content creator because you're doing stuff that's getting you removed from the platforms. Now, you could say that those terms of services on the platforms are unfair, they're administered uh, unequally, and they're biased and all that. I agree. Fine. I've been dealing with it. My entire professional career as well. 
But you know what happens if I can't increase my reach? I am less attractive as a host. I am less attractive as an employee. I don't understand why this is so difficult to understand. I mean, in, in radio world, you're just fired. Right? <laughs> like that's where Stephen Crowder's like, oh, I don't want to have to give back $100,000. Everyone else in radio land is like, uh, yeah, we would just be fired. <laughs> that's how that would work. Yeah, but he says, look, you're basically – you're telling all these leftists that all they have to do is organize boycotts and then that, that'll cost me money. So, like, I, I'm curious to know where you want this risk to be born. Where Steven Crowder wants the risk to be born? The company. He's saying the company should be at risk if he goes in there and he's got guaranteed money. Nobody can ever take any money away from him. And he proceeds to create content that gets him... Like, what if he goes full Kanye, right? Just take an example, right? Goes full Kanye West. He gets banned from all the platforms. Then what? Now, now Daily Wire is paying him $12.5 a year for content that it can't do anything with? Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense to me. So when things don't make sense, when you don't understand conclusions, reassess the assumptions. What was the assumption in this? The assumption was that Steven Crowder wanted to go work for Daily Wire. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I think Steven Crowder wants to go work for himself, which is totally cool. Fine. Which is he said he's going to do now. He's started this, what do you call it, Big Con or something like that. Stop Big Con. And he put those plans in motion, by the way, before all of this. He apparently rejected their offer. And then waited months and then called up his friend, the Daily Wire CEO, Jeremy Boring, and recorded their phone conversation and then put out the video while also announcing he was doing his own thing. Because he doesn't own any of the content. That's That, that was one of the beefs he raised as well. He doesn't own his own content, which, by the way... Why would he, if he was hired on with guaranteed money, like a salary, basically, to do the content at the Blaze, why, you know, you don't get to own that content. That's That would be something you should negotiate, by the way, on the front end, like the term sheet stuff. Yeah. He also was upset that if he didn't produce enough content, that he would also uh, not be paid the same amount of money. He was complaining about uh, having to work, what was it, hundred? he had to do 192 episodes a year. Most people work like 250 days a year, and he had to do 192. Like I said, I have a hard time identifying with this mindset. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender Show. This is hour number three. About a half an hour left, and um, it will be a podcast. It goes up on the podcast uh, platforms, your favorite platform. You can also listen live at WBT.com. But subscribe. It's free, and then it comes each hour. It uh, comes right to your smartphone or tablet. So three episodes a day. I mean, it's not 192 episodes like Steven Crowder was you know, told that he would have to do, and he complained that that's a lot, and what if I get hit by a car or something, if I'm uh, sick? 
And of course, all of these arguments that he's making, then they get used by the leftists to say, oh, yeah, when you we were calling for universal sick time or whatever it was that they were calling for. And, you know, Stephen Crowder opposed us on this because he works for these you know billionaires to advance their fat cat politics and all this. So all of this is just, hey, for them, right? They, they love it. The left wing media uh, is loving all of this. The activists love this. And they're jealous, they're envious of the $50 million that the Daily Wire offered. And when Stephen Crowder apparently said he wanted $30 million per year, not $50 million over four years, they offered him twelve point five per year, and he said, uh, no, I want $30 million per year. And so then the Daily Wire was like, can't make it happen. So we're so far apart, best of luck. So... Ben Shapiro is one of the founders of the Daily Wire. And in his Twitter feed the other day, this would have been on, uh, I guess, Saturday, Friday. He responded to, uh, as have uh, the hosts, all like almost all of the hosts uh, at Daily Wire have now responded to Stephen Crowder. And it is, it has, I mean, it has been the full range, right? Candace Owens going nuclear. <laughs> uh, and Andrew Clavin, I thought, um, I feel like my views fall in line with his. It's unfortunate. It's sad. I think Crowder made the wrong decision here. Clavin said he made the morally wrong decision, and I would say that that is accurate as well. I have a suspicion that it was it was in order to launch his own business, and this got him a lot of attention. In which case, then I guess, you know, check the box. Not sure if it's actually a good long-term strategy because I don't know who's ever going to want to work with you, right? If this is if this is how you behave, I'm not sure that uh, people want to hitch their wagon to yours. But, you know, maybe if you build your own thing, and that's what... So he apparently does not own the rights to that mug club thing, and so... That means he doesn't own the email addresses, and so that means he needs to rebuild all of that. And if he's going freelancer, free agency, he's got to do all of that himself. He has to now run the business, something that I did and and still do to some extent. But, like, you're running a bit. He's got production people. I didn't have any employees. He had employees. He's got people that work with him and all this. So it's going to be a heavy lift. So here's what Shapiro wrote on Twitter. He said, it's nasty to attack my company and Daily Wire hosts as big con by lying about the meaning of a non-binding term sheet. It's despicable to plan weeks in advance to attack my best friend and your friend by setting up and secretly taping a phone call all to grow your email list. By the way, the phone call, I didn't, I mean, the phone call, Jeremy Boring from Daily Wire, He's on there talking about, like, you know, what I heard was he's puffing up Crowder because that, that's, what, that's what a lot of people in the industry do to talent. They feel, they feel like they have to stroke your ego. Um, really, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, that's, that happens a lot. Oh, you're redefining the position and, like, all of this above the, over the moon, above the... Uh, over and above the, the the kinds of compliments and stuff, it's just it's puffery, you know. 
and maybe that maybe a lot of people respond to that. I I don't know. I mean, I, I get I get awkward with it. I, I'm embarrassed by it. I don't. It's like please stop. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what boring sounded like he was doing with Crowder on the phone call, where he was saying like this is the offer like we offer you, and Crowder is recording this knowing that he's going to use it to launch his big con website or whatever it is. And so he's now positioning himself in the phone call as the, the guy who's looking out for the up and comers, the young content creators. Now I will say to Crowder's point here um, in that digital world, uh, you know, the YouTube content creators and podcasters, there is a lot more collegiality that exists in that world. People are always willing to help each other. It was like, honestly, one of the nice things because, you know, radio has been around a long time and there's certain people that you encounter in the industry that are very cutthroat. Um, and so it, that is, that, that does not seem to be the case for most of the content creators that I ran across uh, in the podcast world. Um, and so maybe that's what Crowder is doing, but I also see it as a way that Crowder can try to build his own stable. No. If he's saying, I will protect you young conservative content creators, hit your wagon to mine, and we'll build this other company. We'll build this other barn, and you could be one of my horses, right? We'll see if it works. I don't know. So here's the timeline that Shapiro outlines on, uh, on Twitter. Before October 5th, Stevens' agent asks Daily Wire to send over an offer. They submit the non-binding term sheet, not a contract. It's a non-binding term sheet. This is where you start negotiating. November 2nd, Stephen tells Jeremy he wants $30 million a year and for us to send him a new offer. And then Stephen refused to redline the term sheet, meaning he wasn't going to edit it. He said, I want $30 million per year. Send over a new offer. We told Stephen we can't do that. Took him about... Uh, 12 days and they finally said look we can't do it this is just too much money it would jeopardize everything else that's going on that was november 14 december 12th steven registers the website knowing that he's leaving the blaze and that we haven't provided him an offer to his liking steven needed a plan attacking us was the plan so three days after he registers the website Stephen announces he's leaving the blaze. Three weeks after that, Stephen text, uh, sends a text to Jeremy in friendly fashion to ask if they can chat. Stephen calls Jeremy and secretly tapes him two days later. This means 96 days elapsed between when he received the term sheet and when he secretly taped Jeremy Boring. And it means that 36 days elapsed between when he decided to attack Daily Wire and Jeremy by purchasing the website, Stop Big Con. And when he called Jeremy to tape him, right? The timeline, to me, it, it, it shows clearly what the plan was. The timeline is there under the domain purchase. You knew what you were doing. You knew why you were going to do it. And this is... And this is your your plan unfolding. Now, maybe there are enough people that will support him on that. I don't know. We'll see.
Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got a, uh, a tweet from a rock. Uh, it's a Pete tweet. J.H. Rock says, Pete, thank you for explaining the Crowder saga. That's one rabbit hole I did not have time to go down. <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, and what made it even worse is that everybody involved talks for a living. And so they all are talking about it. Well, they did. And then they all shut up about it, which, like, that's fine. It's not worth more than, you know, than what we're doing. I I wanted you to kind of have the background on it. My take on it is that I think Crowder used Daily Wire to try to launch his, his own independent company. And he maybe inadvertently or maybe quite intentionally, I don't know, he put all of those other hosts at Daily Wire, including all the employees, he put them in the crosshairs because he made he made the argument that they were all being suppressed, they were being um, manipulated, taken advantage of, they were being used, or they were they were part of the effort, or they were in on it, right? Because of the term sheet that he got, he assumed all of these other hosts have similar contracts, and. I watched a bunch of the hosts. They do not. So whatever they were offering Steven Crowder was specific to him versus all of these other hosts. There was also uh, Jordan Peterson. He uh, He's now over at Daily Wire. He produces content and this sort of stuff. I watched uh, a, a post that his uh, a video that his daughter does, Michaela, I think is her name, and she handles a lot of his business enterprise st- uh, side of stuff. And um, I've watched her. She's, she has her own podcast. I've watched her um, a couple of episodes over the years too. She's she's quite good as well. But the um, she did a video talking about her dad's contract and what they negotiated and went over some of the details there. Um, but there was all, and then she also explained. This is an embarrassing moment, which, of course, you know, Crowder's and Daily Wire's opponents are all seizing on, dare I call it, pouncing, in order to make Peterson look bad, Daily Wire look bad. And then that's the, that's the price that this has is costing everybody in, in the movement, right? So Jordan Peterson sees Stephen Crowder's tweet about, you know, business practices, shady business practices, whatever – and he retweets it because Jordan Peterson retweets his friends. He helps to amplify people in his circle of friends, and apparently they are friends or whatever. So he retweeted him. And then when he found out who the company was, because Crowder never identified the company, but Daily Wire came out and said, that's us. And the reason why they did that, by the way, Jeremy Boring explained that. He said, we didn't think it was fair to our supporters who were saying that couldn't be the Daily Wire and they would never do that. They're awesome. And they didn't want they didn't want to, to screw over their fans. They didn't want you and me or anybody else to step forward and be like, that would never happen to the Daily Wire, only to then find out, oh, it was the Daily Wire, and now you feel betrayed. So they didn't want anybody falsely defending them. They wanted everybody to have the info, and we didn't pick the fight with Steven, but if he's going to bring it, I'm your Huckleberry. And so here we are. And so when Jordan Peterson sent the, he hit the retweet, and then everyone's like, oh, my gosh, look at this. It's hilarious. Jordan Peterson. And then he deleted it. Ha, 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 ha. 
Right. Well, Jordan Peterson deleted the tweet when he found out it was against Daily Wire. Where he's working, right? He's got a contract with them. And Jeremy Boring told, according to Jordan's daughter, Jordan Peterson was told, don't delete the tweet. Leave it up there. Don't feel like you need to delete the tweet. And he said, too late, I already did. And Daily Wire's position was, if you delete the tweet, it's going to make it look like we pressured you to do it. But we don't, but we're not telling you to do that. And he said, well, it's too late. I already did it. <laughs> so that another, right. See, so this is the kind of, this is the kind of damage, the kind of wreckage that is left in the wake of this effort of this attempt to launch his own uh, product line, his own uh, uh, platform. Good luck to him. Everybody at Daily Wire said it, I think, except, well, I think Candace Owens did too, but I couldn't really tell if she was serious, but uh, they, they all wished him good luck. They said, go subscribe, go Become a member of his. He's an important voice in the conservative movement. Wish him all the best. It's just not going to be with us. All right, stick around. Brett Winterbull's up next. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.